Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the catch! And Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looks like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get by. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or... It's time for... Fanatic Radio. Across the country, via blogtalkradio.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
But, of course, you know, when we're out, a few drinks, and I immediately see someone yawn, I pounce on it like, you know, a cheetah in the Serengeti. Because that's that's one of my easy go-tos. It's like, we're having a good time, you know, and they yawn, and it's like, oh, I, I'm, 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 so, I'm so tired, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay. Now, you cannot be tired uh, this this week because it's my birthday week. Because you know, and so we went because we went out to, we went out to dinner last night, and well, obviously we're probably doing stuff later this week. But I was like, you better not be tired. So I, my running joke with her is, you know, I say she's an old maid uh, because she goes to bed because she always says like she's tired around like eight nine o'clock, which is an embarrassment for someone her age, which I'll get to in a minute. But I was like, yeah, I was like, you're such, an, I was like, you're such an old maid. And I go, you better stay. I go, you better be awake during my birthday week. And she was like, yeah, I will. And she goes, how old? And she, then she asked me how old I was going to be. And she guessed 26. And, of course, me being the honest man I am, I corrected her and said, no, I'll be 27. Ah. And she said, and she said, wow. And, of course, and of course, I mind you this. This is where, so she goes, wow, you are closer to 30 than I am to 21. Now, originally, I laughed this <laughs> off. It was great. It was, oh, it, was fan, it was fantastic. Ba- it was fantastic banter in the bar, um, but then all of a sudden, it, my mindset went from zero to a hundred. And of course, I uttered the I uttered the uh, the official I've taken the knee, and we're leaving with my you know we're gonna lose the game. I as soon as she said that, a couple moments later, I said that's not true. Which I reg- immediately regret saying. Because, well, because as, I, as I would get to it. She oh, pounced man. on it so bad. Yes. And now, all of a sudden, it, I become the, the running joke in my office. That I'm getting old. And so the best, actually the best part was she, she, planned, she, she sent a calendar invite to all my coworkers from, for a... Uh, my birthday lunch yesterday, and in it she wrote, uh, "Come uh, join us for lunch and help Mike celebrate getting ever close to 30." And actually, one of my coworkers actually thought I was turning 30. And I was just like, <laughs> "I am." And so, the more I thought about it, it is it is consuming. It is consuming like from the inside out. Which is amazing because your boy does not get rattled with with any with with many circumstances. But I, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, it's funny because I was like, "See, Amelia," and then of course that's in the the butt of the joke is like, "Oh yeah, Mike Mike turned thirty this week." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I turned 30. But it immediately put me on blast because. I I was pan- I was w- thinking like, what was it about that joke that made me just so upset? And I finally figured it out. It's because when she said I was closer to thirty than she was to twenty one, it's it's mainly for the fact that I hate anyone over the age of thirty. I hate that that age bracket. Like thirty, anyone who's thirty and older, 
I loathe the burning passion. But before anyone from 30, anyone older than 30, you know, gets mad at us or me, there's a reason behind it. It's those people that that are like in their mid 30s but act like they're still in college. And also, I, and I, I have complete bias over this because um, growing up in Dallas, living in Dallas, you know, grow, and, and eventually coming back. You know, going to D.C. and going to Colorado Springs, coming back to Dallas, you notice it. You go out into bars and you see those guys that are you know, ultimately real estate agents and bankers and complete douchebags that are clearly in their 30s but act like they're absolute trainers. Like you, you, you've probably seen several of these people flow. The ones that are like grown adults oh, yeah. and, still, and still act like they're absolute clowns. <laughs> <laughs> or to quote the great Ben Florence, are 100% jabronis. And my brother That's and I, right. when we were growing up, we, like, we were in college, we'd come home for the summer or do whatever, go out. We always run into these people, and we always said we hated those people when we never <laughs> wanted to become them. Now, 20, <laughs> and also, another problem with it is 27 is, is just a number. There's nothing to look forward to. It's not like when you're 18, you can vote, or 21, you can drink, 25, you can rent a car. 27 is just the most blessed year you can think of. There's no NASCAR driver that's 27. There's no great NBA – there's no great sports <laughs> star that was number 27 that I can latch myself to. It's not the Jordan years. It's not the Jeff Gordon years. No. It's not quarter century. It's, it's literally the most mediocre year ever. And, and the fact and – then, but then all of a sudden, the fact that um, – this is for the first, probably for the first time in my life. Someone has, because I'm usually the one with the banter in all the workplaces I am, and I don't do this intentionally. It's just, it's just, it's just a natural gift. For the first time ever, I was told someone told a joke about me, and I had, I had no rebuttal. She said when she said that, I, I didn't have an answer. I was, for the first time ever, my gardener was done. He was, you know, I had, drew, I, had drew, I had drawn up this great inbounds play and executed to perfection <laughs> to then have someone come down the other end and hit a half-court shot for the win. And, and now I played good defense. I executed my game plan to a T. It just was an unfortunate night. You had to quote the great, to quote the great Steve Kerr. But what makes it even better is not only was it a joke that I had no rebuttal for, which I don't think it happened to me in quite some time. I was stunned, stunned in the dust. But the fact that it came from the girl who I date. Now, I officially claim myself as the luckiest man alive because not only is, not only is the missus Smart, good-looking. Now she's got a sense of humor. Your boy just struck gold. So I, this is a whirlwind of a birthday, and I am allegedly 30, even though I'm 27. But, yeah, it was, I, it was just, a, it was just a, the perfect storm of, of comedy. And who knew? So my birthday was great. Um, even, more, even more so the fact that uh, my family – God love them, but no, no support whatsoever. I did not receive anything from my dad. My brother called me when I was at work 
failing to realize that he was an hour behind me. And my mother calls me at 10 o'clock my time yesterday. Mind you, I'm several beers and a couple shots deep for birthday celebrations. And her, her reason was, she was like, hey, I hope you had a good day. Of course, I couldn't understand a word she was saying because it was very loud where I was. But, she's, but her reasoning for calling me so late was she was calling me at around the same time when I was born in 1992, which I immediately think is a cop-out beyond all reason. And she will feel my wrath when I finally got on the phone for her. But, yeah, so far we are on Wednesday of Mike Gardner's birthday week, even though his birthday was technically yesterday. But, yeah, every, everything happened. I went to Buffalo. I went to Niagara Falls. I was in two countries in a day, which I had never done before in my life, there and back. I was immediately, you know, slam dunked on by my girlfriend with the hilarious joke that I couldn't come back from. Uh, love and support. Did not, you know, and I've been on like a six-day bender since since Saturday, and we love it. So that was that's been my birthday week. And let's roll and let's roll forward with the show. No more talk of birthday unless I bring it up because uh, bigger things happen other than me. Tiger won the Masters. We laughed at him. We have bashed him on the show. We have criticized the fact that I've said that uh, I, I have made the death wish that I hope he never wins anything ever again. But then he won one of the, you know, he won, I think one of the Farmers Insurance Classic or something like that. And then you could see the writing on the wall. The momentum was starting to grow. And when he got to Augusta, you know, we know he was always good at Augusta. But Flo, did you actually think he was going to win that tournament? And where do we go from here now that he actually freaking won the Masters? At 43. Well, it's, you know, I I thought he was going to win tournaments again. I really was doubtful that, because we saw him win, and we saw him get over the hump last year. Yep. And he's won to tournaments in recent years as well. But I really wasn't expecting him to I win a, ma- a major again. Certainly not this Masters, but... You know, it was it was just crazy to see, and uh, you know, he was in the hunt all weekend. He kind of made his charge, and then he kind of dropped off a little bit on Sunday, and then he made the final charge, and really kind of solidified. Although it could have gotten a little hairy uh, on 18, but it was crazy, you know, with the early start thanks to uh, the afternoon storms that were expected. I was at work. I was working the morning shift, uh, like a 6.30 to 2.30. And so I'm at work watching Tiger, and so I'm focusing on my work, as I always do, but also watching the golf. And, you know, I know Tiger's in the mix. Next thing you know, so, you know, I got a little busy, and then I left. It was time to go. And then when I left, I'm checking my phone. Everyone's like, you look at the scoreboard, and Tiger's up two strokes on 17. So it was just unbelievable. It was really cool. Uh, it was one of those seemed like a lot of those one of those rare moments where it just seemed like certainly on Twitter where everybody was rooting for Tiger because yeah you know he had all the issues and the injuries and stuff and people think this is the greatest comeback of all time. I don't believe that because you know uh, George Foreman won what eighteen years between heavyweight titles. Mario Lemieux had cancer and came back and and, and was still great in the NHL. Uh, but it was just a very cool story. It was, re- I, I think, it's great for golf. 
Because they're always mm. with when's Tiger eventually going to win again? But he was always still in the mix. He was hanging on, but he wasn't really the main star. Now he's back in the forefront. And now, you know, you got the PGA in May, and then you got the U.S. Open this summer, uh, Father's Day weekend, uh, Open Championship. So there's a lot of really exciting golf forthcoming anyways. And now I think a lot of people thought it. I had thought once you really got over the hump, especially for this uh, win to come at the Masters, uh, could potentially mm. propel Tiger to a new age of his career. Well, that, that's access to my follow-up, which is where do we go from here? Is this sort of a flash in the pan, or or do we see it? Because, because he, like, because he's mentally, in, in, mentally stable probably for the first time in a decade, do we, is, does Tiger go on a multi-tournament run, or is, is, is his master sort of his swan song, and then he crashes back to reality as soon as he gets to, like, Pebble Beach? Well, I mean, well, you know, once we get to Pebble Beach, of course, that he has excelled at in the past. Of, of course, uh, that whenever the U.S. Open comes around, you need to be accurate. And that's really, I think, the perhaps the most impressive thing of Tiger's game, particularly on Sunday, is that he was, I think he was the most accurate player in hitting the greens and regulation in the field. And that's really been the thing with Tiger's game. He still has a little of the power, not as much as he used to, but the accuracy was really kind of shoddy from time to time. But I think he's still got game to where, I I don't know if I'm going to predict that some people are saying that he's going to go on another Tiger slam and that he's just going to completely dominate the sport. But do I think he can win another major or two in his career? I think he can. I think he's, you know, before Sunday, I was thinking he had basically no chance to catch Jack Nicholas's majors record. Now I think that's right. a long shot, but at least it's in play. But it's it's a fun, it's a, it's a wild scene. And it's, it's really, uh, it's crazy to think about how long it's been since Tiger was now really considered to be a major player on the golf scene. Or just, or just legitimate, because I remember, I didn't realize it, in 2009, when he smashed his car, and his life completely flipped upside down. Which is amazing, because we were both in high school then. And, like, in hindsight, we didn't really realize what it meant until all the skeletons were out of the closet. Homeboy lost nearly all of his endorsements, like, minus Nike. I think I think it, it, it ranks up there as he mentioned George Foreman and he met, I mean, you know and I think our boys on PTI mentioned Muhammad Ali and Jordan as sort of like great comebacks like athletes. My my favorite thing was uh, how both how current and and recent uh, forty five and forty four presidents both like agreed. It's like the first time that Obama and Trump had ever agreed on anything. Is the fact that like Tiger, like they congratulated Tiger Woods. The fact that Trump's giving him a presidential medal of freedom is it, it makes us. And of course, the whole theme of this show is is your boys getting. I'm getting old. I felt old watching him win, <laughs> but then all that day Monday, I was just binging Tiger clips. You know when he when he beat uh, who's that clown he beat the U.S. Open? Rocco Media, homeboy called him out. And he just needed, yeah, yeah, the, 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 fan, the fantastic, the fantastic chip in on 17 or 18 for the playoff. And he did the famous pose. 
when he pointed at the ball going into the whole whole compilation, four-minute compilation of Tiger fist pumps. As much as I hate the guy to his core and think he's a complete scumbag, he is, other than Jack and all Palmer, he is one of the most recognizable people in ever in the sport of golf. And the fact that he's, like, relevant now in a, in a generation where where people just go ape shit for random reasons, I'm, like, glad he I'm, I'm I've come to grips. I'm glad he won because God love the athletes that could just still keep knocking. You know, the Serena Williams, the Federers, the Bradys. I wouldn't say LeBron because he's on the playoffs this year, but we salute the old guys, and it's fantastic. I don't I hope Tiger never wins again, but but, that, but that's what sucks now is because he won this tournament, he's just forever going to be – it's always going to be Tiger versus the field, which is statistically moronic. But in a weird way, it's, it's, it's like we love closure. And we love the villain on Fnatic Radio. And Tiger was the villain for a while. But now it's like uh, – you know, he's still star for you. And then time is a healer. So – what what are you gonna do? But but, but yeah, but I think the PGA. I think, I think the PGA is in May. Shout out to the uh, PGA. The PGA Championship is in May. But shout out to, to golf just for completely changing the schedule. But but Tiger's not gonna win ever again because the problem is with the Eagles and these majors and guys. You know, everyone's in the hunt and everyone's gonna adjust. But it, it was great. It was it was a great moment, not just for us. But for, for for sports, for redemption, because we love a little comeback story. Uh, certainly, someone who's not was not coming back uh, are the Penguins and the Lightning. We go to NHL playoffs. In case you were following fans, the best allegedly the best team in hockey was bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. Penguins lost to the Islanders. Now we, we give a, we give a shout out to the uh, the scrappy team from Long Island, but more so with the Lightning losing. Presidents Cup's out again, swept. Tied for the most, tied for, tied for nearly the best record in NHL history. We have seen teams, we have seen first, you know, we saw, you know, we saw UVA lose to UMBC last year. We've seen NBA teams being bounced out of the first round. Where, where, where does this rank low? Because hockey aficionados, the Caps are still alive, but if the kid is gone, the President's Cup team is gone. It, if you're a part of the Lightning organization, should you immediately go on the witness protection program, or is it just a classic example of, you know, hockey's hockey? Well, I think absolutely hockey is hockey, and hockey's a sport where, unlike the NBA, you'll see a lot more of these. You don't have the one through eight anymore in, in the conference playoffs, but you will see big upsets, crazy sweeps, crazy comebacks a little more often than you'll see in the NBA. Now, this was stunning. You look at Columbus, a team that barely, to use a hockey term, skated into the playoffs, taking on the team that had the best record in the league and looked dominant for a significant chunk of the season. To if Let's say if it was a seven-game series, okay. Hard to believe, but okay. For Columbus yep. to come out and just completely rail – the Lightning in four games is one of the more surprising results, I think, in recent memory in the NHL. I mean, you look at this Tampa Bay team, a lot of offense, uh, strong yes. uh, goaltending as well, a really good team. You know, you don't get over 110 points in the regular season and not be a great team. But 
They just don't. We're, for whatever reason, we're we're not able to get it done and just get completely rolled by this kind of scrappy Columbus team. This Columbus team that spent a lot of money, tried to make a playoff push. A lot of people thought it was going to be for naught, and then the, their hopes weren't high when they just barely snuck into the playoffs. But that's just be, that's just the beauty of the NHL postseason. You mentioned the Islanders too. I think a lot of people were sleeping on the Islanders. You know, the Islanders are kind of a scrappy team this year. They're little hit and miss. They've had a bounce between two different home venues, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and even though this Pittsburgh team hasn't been as strong as Pittsburgh teams in the past, people still think, you know, almost kind of like Michigan State you know, in the NCAA tournament, they immediately think they're going to make a run and the ability to kind of go deep. And that, unfortunately, was not the case either. But definitely some, some wild stuff thus far in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that's why we love the Stanley Cup playoffs. Which is, which, I love how the NBA playoffs are starting to turn into that, the sort of unpredictability. My thing with hockey is you got you got to take it with a grain of salt because the Blackhawks, you know, were President Cup one year. The Capitals were President Cup. It, it's it's such a snake. It's it's probably the most snake bit award in in pro sports because I think the like 2013 Blackhawks is the last NHL team. We got we got our fanatic radio crew on it, but our stats crew. But I think they were the last team to win, be the best team in the regular season, and then lose. And I, I think anything, anyone who awards a regular season champ is, is a scumbag and should be slapped. Because there's there's three sports that immediately come to mind. The NHL, um, the uh, MLS, and NASCAR award regular season champions. And God forbid that those guys never win anything. So where do we go from here? Um, NHL playoffs. Have you been satisfied with it? You know, any any, any concerns, upsets, shock that we should worry about on the NBA side? You're talking about the NHL first. Well, I mean, uh, looking at the NHL, you know, I think the Caps. Caps again, a team. I don't think it's good as they were last year. Maybe not not a great deal of hang, playoff hangover, but definitely uh, a factor you always have to keep an eye on. And this is a good Carolina team. We uh, I talked a little bit about them earlier. You're a young team with a lot of talent, and this is a game. Game four is really critical, and I think every playoff game is a must win. You definitely Carolina has to win, so you don't want to go down three one. Uh, but certainly a, a must-win for the Cavs because if they lose and Carolina is able to even up the series, yes, the uh, the the uh, the playoffs will return to D.C. But you do not want to come back to D.C. and have to find yourself in a real a win situation where you've lost all the momentum. So I think uh, the Cavs they're the better team here, but I think they definitely got to be on high alert as well. Um, for your little NHL jazz. And then, you know, we talked about Columbus, huge upset, wild stuff. You got Toronto. You know, this Nashville-Dallas series, Nashville's up 2-1, and it's two of the top defensive teams, the low-scoring teams in the league. And, I, you know, Nashville is the better team, and they're up 2-1. But when you got a series like this, and two, both teams are so strong defensively, and on the other end, not 
great. I mean, Nashville is a pretty good offensive club. Dallas not so, not as much, but still two tremendous defensive teams. When it gets hard to score, that a lot of times is when you get some upsets, and uh, that that's a series where Vegas, excuse me, Dallas, could, could potentially put, come back, pull off an upset. And you know, Dallas, Vegas looks great. They've looked strong, and we would love to see them make another run. It's really just one of the crazier upstart teams in the history of sports. <laughs> yeah, they're up, they're up, they're up three one, um, which is great. Canadian teams are still in the mix. We love. We also love how it's, apparently since 1993 is the last time a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cup. So. Yeah, NHL feels like a bunch of idiots. We hate Gary Bettman on the show with a burning passion, but, you know, he doesn't listen to the show. And we know that for a fact because he's been sending us cease and desist letters since, you know, 2005. But we'll take a break. We'll talk NBA playoffs and then just throw up on what is the world <laughs> um, after this after this quick break. Snack Radio, lotofradio.com. Back after this. Fanatic Radio. Ah, there's the tingle. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on... Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ben Floyd from Fanatic Radio here for Clint Texas Salsa. Best stuff around. Get the hot player for a good kick. Next time you're in the salsa aisle at your local grocery store, pick Clint Texas Salsa and tell them Flo sent you. Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days, there's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. It's Radio. We all thought about having sex with Mickey Mantle. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on... Blog Talk Radio. Back here on Fnatic Radio, Mike on Event Plus. We are the Millennial Show. This is Fnatic Radio. Check us out. Podcast on iTunes. Social Pipes, BeFilt360.com. We're everywhere. We're, we we global, and we talk about pretty much anything we want, regardless what you regardless what the haters think. I ran it for about 15 minutes about my birthday and how my life was turned upside down, you know, NHL playoffs. Mm. That's, pretty, that's, pretty, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much the first segment. <laughs> this, is why we don't, this is why we haven't won any awards in a while. Flo, how was the rest of your week? Enough about me. Enough about my just fake ass drama. How was uh How was your week since the last time you were on air? <laughs> well, it's been a very long work week that still has two more days to come. Uh, this was my mm. eighth straight day of work. I was. Because I'm off this upcoming weekend. That's right. It turns out to be Easter. But more importantly, uh, Sunday is my uh, sister's birthday. So that was the reason why I'm going home. I'm a terrible Catholic because I did not know it was Easter, and I never remember what Easter is, so that's great. Uh, so they asked me, they're like, a lot of people are requesting this weekend off or this time around this off. Can you work these two days and just have one long week? Because otherwise I was going to have a five-day week weekend, three-day week, long weekend. Uh, so I agree to it. Probably a bad idea because I'm already really tired. But I'm also tired because this is my third straight day working a shift where I was in 
at 3.30 in the morning, uh, which is a, a, not oh, a God. fun shift to have to get up for. Uh, it's great when you're out of work by 10.30. It's not great when you have to set an alarm for 3.15. And, yes, I was able to get in a little late, like 3.35, 3.40, because, you know, I live pretty close to work. So I'm definitely tired. I'm very looking forward to the weekend because I'm going home, which is great. Uh, seeing the family. I got my sister's birthday gifts right here. Um, uh, and always eagerly awaiting a long weekend. And a weekend at home, even though it's probably not going to be particularly warm, and I think it's going to rain. Well, that's what's going on here. Mm. That's fantastic. That's right, because you mentioned you were on a marathon week. How has it been? Um, I actually have not been, I've been not been following the news, so I have no idea what's going on. Um, but you probably know more than I do. Work good, steady, steady workflow, or has it been chaotic? Because I know I know uh, several people want the Mueller report with uh, with William Barr and others to uh, I guess release it to the public. Yeah, it's going to be – by the way, you know, how uh, how has this gone? Uh, I, 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 the last few days I thought were Thursday, and we still haven't had Thursday mm. of the week, so I've just completely lost all sense of time. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, big news story today, and then presumably the next day, tomorrow, the Mueller report will be released. Granted, there will be redacted information from the document that uh, we will not see. That's documents related to grand jury information anything that may expose sources and methods. That's expected to be released around 11, maybe 12 Eastern tomorrow morning, the Attorney General. Uh, and an interesting move is going to have a press conference tomorrow morning at 9.30. So it's just going to be a complete shit show of a news day uh, tomorrow. Fortunately, I am not working at an insane hour again. But it's going to be busy. It's going to be fun. This, days like these are... Why we get to the news business, and we'll look forward to it. I think that's right. Does that make you knowing the time from the time we grew up when we grew up in, in, in the in the yesteryear? year? Is it, it does it make you you know sleep easier at night, or does it make you sort of you know weirded out that everything has to be transparent, and then you know nothing is nothing in the political realm could be kept behind closed doors. Like, do we, do we want more closed doors or is transparency the future of the world? I'm sorry, Kitty. I said again, I got a, uh, you're in a work email. <laughs> oh, geez. No, because we, we, we love that. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone wanting the Mueller report released, you know, because we're not, like, at least, at least when I was, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't because there's no social media and anything. We we really had no idea in terms of like what was going on, and, and pretty much in anything in Congress nowadays, everything is 100% open door policy transparency. And then with with things things as sensitive as the Mueller report, are we are we are we for more transparency, or do we wish that things were sort of like like out of sight, out of mind? Well, I think more transparency is ultimately a good thing, and some people don't like transparency from government because they don't want certain things to be exposed. They don't want the American people to think a certain way, and of course, as somebody in the news business, I want all transparency, 100% transparency, so that we have things to talk about. 
I think the more the American people know, I think is you generally the better. I, do I believe there are things like, you know, in the government, a variety of things that people don't need to know? Sure. But I think more often than not, sunlight is the best disinfectant. And in the case of this, we've had this long report for so long, um, although compared to other uh, investigations, not as long, which a lot of people don't note. But, uh, you know, with the ta- you know how much money the taxpayers have spent, which I forget the number, but it's a number. And uh, everything that's gone into it has kind of been this cloud that's hung over this presidency. I think everybody, people that hate the president, people that love the president, and people in between, I think you have a right to know what's gone on and what potentially is in the mix. And thus, I am look, looking forward to seeing this report. I am too. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, other than that, everything everything else seemed good in the in the district. Other than the caps, yeah. You know, other than Ovechkin practically killing a guy the other night, everything else seemed good. Everything else is good. Springtime has come. We had the cherry blossoms. Um, mm. Great, but we've had a lot of warm weather. Not all the not all the time, but we. Spring has definitely arrived, and that I'm okay with. We love that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, before we get the fan mail, we got to talk some NBA playoffs. We mentioned uh, in the earlier part of the show that NHL playoffs have been unpredictable in terms of the best teams losing. We're seeing that in basketball. Clippers came from 31 down with the Warriors. Utah Jazz are getting Houston some trouble. The Raptors are losing. With, with no LeBron in the playoffs, do we have do we have teams that we because we never really did a full investigation of the NBA playoffs like favorites or or anyone we hate. So with with no LeBron in the playoffs, is is the NBA is the NBA better off without LeBron in the playoffs? Do you think? Well, I think uh, you know the the Lakers were such a mess already that for the Lakers to kind of if they were they ultimately didn't come close, but if they were able to kind of hobble their way into the playoffs and then just get likely smacked in five or probably more likely four by Golden State or whomever, I don't think that really would have helped anything. And I think ultimately, you know, you know, we love LeBron, and LeBron is a legend and still a star. But with this just trash team and just mess of a situation, I think it's best for them to kind of lie low this off season or at least this postseason and then try to make some big moves and some big changes in the off season. Because I think that if they had made the playoffs and just like they would have had to sneak in and they would have gotten their ass kicked and that wouldn't have helped anybody and especially when LeBron was having that injuries really for the first time in his career. I think ultimately uh be I th- I think there's enough star power and there's enough great play in this league that the playoffs will be just fine without LeBron. I, I think it's better because LeBron is he's, – he's a great man. He's a great man. He's an empowering individual. He is such a cancer on the league. And without him, I feel more inclined to take interest in any other team. Because I said – because when we talked about our great villains on this show, I said any team he's on. There's anything from the Miami Heat, from the Cavaliers, the Miami Heat, to the Cavaliers, the Lakers, because he, he ruins great franchises by making all that himself. 
and then he, you know, bashes whoever that gets in his way. Lakers are trash. They had they had no friends, and the West is better off without him. There are teams in the playoffs like the, like the Utah Jazz. Shout out to my boy Quinn Snyder, which I have a very great story about him um, coming up later in the show. We have uh, Scott Clifford coaching the Orlando Magic, who I thought was still coaching the uh, the Hornets. Apparently not. Yet they beat the Raptors in Game One, so. It's it's interesting now because we'll have a we'll have a very good final and I am oh so excited for that. And with that we go to fan mail because we love fan mail. We love those who support or we don't, we just make up questions that we claim you were stapled to them. I'm just kidding, we 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 have seizures. But anything one at uh at the at gmail dot com, social pipe, anyone, Twitter, Facebook that send us questions. We do our best to answer them. By all means. And of course we stick with the NBA and actually no, we go we, we, we of course weirdly we go to an NFL question because we love because you know the NFL in April we love it. Uh, they want they, the fans want to flow. We'll, um, do we do we care about the draft? Knowing there's not that much hype, are we still going to invest in the draft? <laughs> Well, yes, I always love the draft. I don't follow it as closely as I used to when I had the blog and I had to do mock drafts because they drew traffic at times when I was not able to draw traffic otherwise. But also, you know, as, as an NFL fan, college football fan, NFL fan, I do always love the draft. You know, I used to be, like, really into it. And I still kind of – I still definitely follow it. But this year, you know, it's – well, the Packers, after such a disappointing season, new head coach – uh, kind of new way going forward, two first-round picks, and we'll see what the Packers will do. I think still think they need to boost uh, the receiving core. Uh, they bring in some more pass rushers. Could definitely help number of things that they can do. But really the intrigue this year is that what are the Arizona Cardinals going to do at quarterback? It's been, you know, discussed that they – that uh, we know that Cliff Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray. But they already have a quarterback mm. they drafted early last year in Josh Rosen that they traded up for. Murray is a better fit for Kingsbury's offense than Rosen. And we we have not really heard much reporting that Arizona loves Rosen and they have not outright said, he's our guy, we're not taking a quarterback. Now, obviously, that would be silly to do that because it's a great smokescreen even if they don't want him because then, you know, somebody could try to trade up. So... um that, I think, really is the key uh, question, kind of the key storyline is, is Arizona going to end up taking Kyler Murray overall? What are they going to do with Josh Rosen? And then I guess the rest of the draft will kind of go from there. Yeah, exactly. Um, my, my, my thing with that is, who knows? I, I think the draft has gotten less and less valuable because the, the, the thing is ESPN and NFL Network are only the, are the only two parties that are actually salvaging it, you know, because nowadays NFL has become so, so Luddite in certain areas that the rook, rookies, weirdly rookies have become undervalued. Actually, no, it's like rookies have become so overvalued. It's like the guys are like three, four years in the league immediately just become irrelevant. Because you look at last year, it was all about Baker Mayfield. It was all about 
whatever clown was a defensive player in the NFL. And then, you know, in four years' time, are we still going to be talking about Baker Mayfield? Probably not because the Browns are going to absolutely just blow up and implode in the worst degree. That's what it's what it is in the NBA. It's like they they're so overhyped the rookies, and then we ain't talk we ain't talking about Marvin Bagley, who by the way was a top. We ain't talking about DeAndre Ayton, who was the number one pick last year. Where is he? He's on the playoffs. He's irrelevant. Plays the worst team in the NBA. So I hate the draft. I think it's stupid. It is modern day slavery, as I will preach that, and no one catches on with that. None of these bona fide, you know. Me Too active human rights organizations catch on to the fact that, that there's a bunch of sleazy old white men watching allegedly black guys run, jump, lift to get a job. Now, I am not a historian, but yeah, fill in the blanks. Don't at, don't at me, though. I'm not watching the job. I could care less. And the fact that it's in Nashville, it's, it's, such, it's such a joke. You know, they just want they just want the NFL just wants the money. They just want you know the the notoriety, all the cameos. It's ridiculous. Stupid. Don't ever do it. Um, we roll forward. Baseball. We were into baseball. Female baseball. Uh, they they ask you know they say they say Flo, are you what is more what is more concerning that the Yankees and Reds the Yankees have not been doing so well at the beginning of the season or that they are just as bad as the Red Sox and is there and, and that all hope is not lost in the AL East. Well, I think, you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine from work and mm. about how all these all these guys are injured for the Yankees and you know, the team has been very inconsistent. Obviously it's very early and I know a lot of people love the panic. Which is fine because you know that's fine. But the Red Sox have been a total mess, which has really been surprising. So for the Yankees to just completely blast them last night at Yankee Stadium was awesome, mm. and that was I think very. It was you know it's not like all the issues are solved because again the Red Sox are bad right now, but it's definitely a morale boost for those Yankee fans. So they're like okay. Uh, you know, this team can still do this. This isn't, you know, the season isn't over yet. So I thought that was a fabulous game. Uh, just tremendous power. And, and anytime you can beat the Red Sox is a great thing. And blowing the doors off them is just even better. Exactly. So there's no, there's no, there's no reason to panic because we're still in April. We're still in April. It's still the first month of baseball. Talk to us in July. Don't ever send me a baseball question. I will delete it on the spot. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it around. We'll keep it around and do it well. Uh, we go back to the NHL. Russell Wilson becomes the, uh, the highest-paid player in the NFL. Are we seeing a trend now where players, where the NFL is slowly becoming a players-only league? Because do the, do the players have a leverage? Are we surprised the players now have a leverage in the NFL? <laughs> Well, it is. I I think it's always a good thing when players have a little more leverage because uh, I think that's important for so players don't get completely railroaded by the owners, by the league, uh, what have you. So uh, you know, you, you want it to be you know a, a balanced and fair power structure, but I don't think uh, I think a lot of people would argue we don't have that uh, in the NFL. So any development in that. Reg- Mm-hmm. I'm all for, excuse me. 
Mm. My thing, my thing with this NFL is everyone looks at because when you look at basketball, basketball and soccer are are face value sports. And when I say that is, you can see you can see the athletes, and they 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 are more so on the realm of person more personable than than I would say football. Uh, because there's less there's less players on the court field, whatever. And then football, the football is like NASCAR. They're wearing the helmet, so it's it's you immediately have to recognize it with a number and a team and whatnot. This makes me mad because Russell Wilson is a fantastic quarterback, and these these athletes are they're they're great athletes. But I I went on this rant during the whole Bryce Harper. Manny Machado, the baseball free agency. Baseball free agency was down, and rightfully so. Because no one, first of all, loyalty is dead in this society, as I have said until I'm blue in the face. The fact, I think nowadays, team own, management and team owners are so paranoid to make sure that they're not in the news for the wrong reasons by any means necessary. They'll do whatever it takes by any means necessary to keep their guys happy. Is should Russell Wilson be the highest paid person in the NFL? Absolutely not. He is not the best quarterback in the league. But but he he deserves every dollar he makes because he is probably one of the most loyal athletes the NFL has one of the most loyal star powered athletes the NFL has seen. He goes to OTAs, he doesn't complain, he doesn't bitch and moan. He makes it worth his while. He's married to Sierra. Because who all who wouldn't want to be married to Sierra? Um, so I I don't know. It's it's certain certain. It's the problem is everyone's like, oh, this is a trend we're gonna see in the NFL. No, because certain owners are assholes. And certain owners are glorified saints. So it all depends where you play for. You know, you look because you look at the gamut of everything. You look at like Stan Kroenke, you look at Jerry, you look at Arthur Blank, you look at you look at you know the guys on the Seahawks. You look at Bukowski of the uh, you know the, the Mrs. George Hallis. You look at he's crap. You look at crap going down low in Miami. It's it's you cannot. Paint a broad brush with the NFL. It's all it all is team on it all depends team by team. Which is which is why we love the draft because you might be the best athlete in the world, but you're going to the Miami Dolphins, you're gonna struggle and suck your entire career and no one's gonna remember who you are and I love it. So I don't care. <laughs> I uh, the Seahawks you know, the Seahawks just you know, they 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 won the Super Bowl since Marshawn was there. And they lost against the Patriots because Pete Carroll's an idiot, which I'm surprised he's still the coach. But you know, every 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 time someone gets a new contract, I just don't care because at the end of the day, Antonio Brown's at the Raiders, and he's gonna try. He's like when Randy Moss is at the Raiders. Y'all screwed, fool. So I laugh because I I think it's fantastic because. And all these sports networks just get so fired up over it, and nobody cares. So that is why we are cynical on this show, and that is why we have ratings up the wazoo. And finally, before we get to th- and finally before we get the thumbs up, thumbs down. 
Oh man, what? Well, oh, see, I totally saw the question. Oh, yeah, we got to find it. No, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, no. Yeah, NFL, NFL schedule, NFL schedules are announced. Um. Oh yes, yes, oh, and I had to ask over, ask over the emails. We have a lot, we have a lot of spam. Uh. We we love we love we love a good we love a good John Manziel story. The fact that he's changing the name to John Manziel is that is that just sort of an internet meme waiting to happen? Is is this officially the death of Johnny Manziel in the world of us and everyone else? Well, it's so bizarre. I mean, mm. Manziel, you know, he flamed out of the CFL, tried to get it going in the Alliance of American Football. That league burned belly up. I mean, I don't get what the point of it is because. We're still kind of always going to know him as Johnny Manziel. This isn't like, you know, Lou Sunder becoming Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. This is more, I guess, I haven't seen it. Has he put out a rationale for it? Does he want to be just taken more seriously? you think John's more adult? I don't really get it. I don't know what the purpose is going to serve, but here we are. Yeah, and that, 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 this, is, this is officially the death of Johnny Manziel on, on, on the Millennial Show. We are done with that clown. We are done with everything he stands for. And everything, everything he loves, because uh, we want, because we, we want none of it. And with that, we roll forward. This. You cannot be serious. But it's time for thumbs up, thumbs down. That's right. Let's go with bad. The world, just the world. Not sports, not life, not pop culture. Not everything. It's a mix. It's a mixed bag. It's our critically acclaimed segment. Thumbs up, thumbs down. My guard of Florence. We are back. On the millennial show, so flow. A week has passed, and you are running on pure adrenaline, as as we can tell. So you have to have so much thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, oh, there's no doubt. We're going to start with a couple of thumbs down. First off, it's going to go. You know, I mentioned it's spring in Washington. The cherry blossoms are here. This and that. What that also means is that my allergies have kicked up, and they are as well. If you heard me sniffling throughout the show, I'm not doing cocaine. I wish. I'm not doing cocaine. I don't have the sniffles from that. I have the sniffles from allergies. And this is also an even though I just took some eye drops, my eyes are starting to get itchy as well. So allergies are not fun. And thumbs down to them. Whoever invented them is a douche. Why they have to be a thing, I don't know. Uh, But thumbs down to them because... They're annoying. The second time the sound is going to go to myself. Uh, I was riding uh, a capital bike share earlier, going down towards mm. uh, Navy Yard, Nats Park. Uh, I was going off a curb, and I was my feet were off the pedal, and on my my left knee. And when I went over the curb, the pedal whacked me in the knee, and it still <sighs> kind of hurt, and it's been kind of annoying. So, thumbs down wait, for that. wait, wait, wait. Why, why were your feet off the pedals? I don't remember. I I'm trying to remember what happened, but uh, maybe my foot slipped. I, I don't remember. But my it was only my left foot, and I guess because I was going down, I was going to my right and going down. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not like I'm limping, but it's not fun. So yeah, thumbs down to uh. I guess poor bike habits, if you will. Uh, I was also kind of cheating the system and kind of going around things in places I 
should it be going through one-way roads and so on and so forth. Riding on sidewalks, which I do not encourage. I was only doing it mm. because I didn't want to have to go uphill or go through a highway. Uh, thank you, DC. Uh, for th- thumbs up, <laughs> you know, I a lot of times in my Instagram story, I got a lot of content that goes on for several stories. And, you know, the real heroes, the real friends, the real uh, people that you should salute and thank them for their service on the street are the people that go through and watch and listen to every single story and go through the whole thing. And even if it's people that are just clicking through, uh, we appreciate that, and we appreciate you taking some time to go through Flo's tremendous content, my gardener's tremendous content, anybody who's got good content, Mm. and not the shit content that other people that wish they were as good at the content business as we are. And that's my thumbs up, thumbs down. Your first, because my segue to my thumbs up to Flo's Instagram stories. We, we, I love it when you post the the old the old vintage Trump clips because I think now because people have such a bad stigma of him as the president and and like certain things he said and policies he's done. Go to go to the influencers Instagram because. There is some dynamite content that he did when he was just when he was just the te- reality star slash buffoon in New York. He has some, <laughs> he has some great. Because uh, thank you. Because first of all, we should all give we should all give a round of applause to Flo for for reha- re- rehashing <laughs> go- great golden con- content. <laughs> <laughs> For for great com- great comedy on this show because apparently that's what critics are saying this show has become it's just it's just the comedy hour which is which I'm humbled and honored but he he had, he had when he was normal before he became president he had some great hot takes talking about you know, he's talking about the taco bowls and he's bashing Geico commercials and it's just like the man was the king of the hot takes before Stephen A Smith was the asshole of hot takes. So yes, go 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 to Flo's Insta and, and and watch those stories because Flo himself delivers opinions on life. We get we get we get we've, we we the fan the fans have applauded your, your random clips of Alex Jones flipping out uh, with Trump. So it 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 gives you a slice of comedy from people that you wouldn't expect actually had a pretty fun weirdly funny sense of humor. So I will thumbs up for that. Uh, as I mentioned, thumbs up, thumbs up to the missus, Natalie Costello, not only just for completely shutting me down the other day, but planning the, the most successful birthday lunch in the history of birthday lunches. She sent an invite as courtesy to everyone in my office, um, uh, at least the people in the downtown office. Um, and when I walked, in, when we walked out into the parking lot, first of all, my entire floor went down with me. And when we waited in the parking lot to see who was going to join us, the entire second floor, minus our president's secretary, only because she had a meeting with our president, joined us for lunch. You know, 15 people, whole squad, rolled up on this restaurant. I was extremely humbled and blessed that I am, that I have amazingly have made some substantial impact at Watkins Glen International 
either that or everyone just wanted a chance for a free lunch. Take it as you will. I will take the, I'll take the former, not the latter. But thumbs up to uh, to everyone who to everyone who has celebrated my birthday. Wish you happy birthday. I am is as I said. I'm I'm not getting old. I'm not thirty. But yeah. um, it, it is it is great to know that there are still people in my life that still love me for who I am, and not the money I make or the decisions or the or the things I have said. So thumbs up, thumbs up to thumbs up to the fam because we love you. Uh, thumbs down goes to Joe Quinville. Uh, it's the Florida Panthers. They hired him. Now, it's, it's it's shot in the heart because the Blackhawks should have never fired him. But the fact that he's now going to a crappy franchise mm-hmm. and may potentially make that franchise a winning franchise is very scary mm-hmm. for me. So, But then against the NHL, then again, it's the NHL. And to quote, to quote the great phrase of anyone today, who gives a shit, it's 2019. I'm not worried about it. Thumbs up to Ovechkin for knocking out, for putting a Carolina Hurricanes player in concussion protocol. You are an idiot if you dare challenge Alexander the Great to a fight. That kid had everything deserving for him, plays for an awful franchise. Because at the end of the day, the Carolina Hurricanes are screwed because they will forever be associated with the owner who try to save the American uh, alliance of football or whatever, and then and, and now they're done. They're gone. So they're losers. That's a terrible franchise. And anyone they hired is garbage, and we don't like you. No sport, other than the Hornets, no sport in Carolina is well-liked on this show. Hence, hence why everyone can, can go back and see my documented hatred of Scandinavian. Um, it comes down to the NFL too. They're announcing their schedule. No one get no one gives a shit about the schedule in the NFL in April. Um, I will I will get more excited in like August. That's right. Football actually matters. Um, the only saving grace is the Bills announce their schedule and the Pats come to town as they should because it's the NFL. Um, just looking at their schedule, they play some interesting opponents. More so, the Washington Redskins November third, which Mike Gardner might actually go see because we love the Skins, and we and I'm so excited to see who the hell is going to be their starting quarterback come September. Uh, they play some great teams. They play they play Dilly Dilly. They play the Pats. The Golden Boy will be in town September 29th. Those are dates I will attend and can attend. So shout out to Nicole Shinowski, excuse me, Nicole Hendricks, because now she's a married woman. She'll be copying me tickets, and we'll be blowing up her phone because I want to go see some. I want to go see some bills. I want to go. I want to do bills. I want to do bills. Mafia. I want to watch the first smash a table and light something on fire for one of the worst teams <laughs> in the NFL because we hate Josh Allen. He's a hack. He's not. He's an overrated quarterback, and the fact that he is the franchise player of that team is very, very sad. I don't even know who the head coach is. I thought I thought I thought Doug, Mar- Doug, Doug, Mar- Doug Marone is not the coach anymore. I have no idea who the coach is now. Because my boy Marone is, I think my boy Marone is with the, with the Jaguars, but we have no Correct. idea who the coach is. So John McDermott. Yes, McDermott. Oh, Doug Marone used to be in anyone's Jacksonville. Um. And I think I think that's it. I, I got to, uh, who other other thumbs up, thumbs down. 
Oh, thumbs down to UCLA. We talked about did did we talk about did we talk about Mick Cronin going to UCLA last week? Uh, we did. Yes. Yes. So thumbs thumbs down to Rick Barnes. Now I've always said he's an awesome <laughs> coach. You know, and only and only got on his merit of recruiting football athletes that just so happen to play basketball in their high school career. Uh, thumbs down to Rick Barnes because he openly admitted to the world that if UCLA would have bought, done his buyout, he would have gone to UCLA. Now, if you are a coach, now I can understand if you're a coach of a, of a mid-major school or a, or a secondary state school or just a crap school in general, it makes sense. But when you leave Texas and accept a job in, in another state school with an alumni with, with, you know, with, like, a two, with, like, a, with like a 20 IQ, they love you regardless what you do, and they love you if you win. Now, Rick Barnes did very well this year. He had a great he had a great team that underachieved and lost to a very more disciplined team, Purdue. But Tennessee was very good. Admiral Schofield, you know, Jordan Bone, Grant Williams, a very fundamentally sound team with a lot to grow on. To to basically kick everything to the curb and say I would have left you, I would have done it, but I didn't. I hope. Tennessee loses every game next year. I hope guys transfer. I hope the Rednecks in Rocky Top and the Embreds in the Smoky Mountains rebel against this asshole because we hate Rick. I hate Rick Barnes. I always thought he was a crash <laughs> coach that, fa- much That's like right. Bill Self, failed to capitalize on the talent he was given. Rick Barnes somehow, and, and I think it's illegally paid because there's no way it happened. Got Kevin Durant to come to Austin. Does Kevin Durant consider himself a Texan? Absolutely not. Does he remember anything from Austin? Probably not. But he got him. He got him. He got national player. He got a national player of the year. And they still got bounced. They still got bounced. Still got bounced in the second round. Bill Self had a team with Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid in the same year, and they lost in the second round. Both those coaches are hacks and immediately are enemies of the state. Fanatic Radio thumbs down. To those who they should be an investigation of the pay FBI probe because they just walk freely and no one questions how in the world they get future NBA All Stars on their team. And yeah, they're going after my man Will Wade, who by the way should have been fired. Will Wade should be an unemployed in a cardboard box on the streets of Baton Rouge, right. and yet LSU kept him. There was proof. There was tape. That man is a hack. And other explicit that the FC, at the FCC were refused to allow us to say on the show because they sent us an email saying you need to stop saying those things on the show. Thumbs down to anyone who was a scumbag because I'm now a year older. And that's how this show ends. Also, shout out to Kristen Yellich for hitting four home runs in two days against the, uh, against the, against the St. Louis Cardinals because we hate the Cardinals. Because they're the other team that everyone thinks is so good, blah, blah, blah. Shout out to this episode of Fanatic Radio. I'm mad already. Birthday, birthday celebrations continue. Please follow us on Insta because you, know, because you won't know what happens next for all of us. Follow Flow on Insta. App Influence. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, BeLoveTheSixies.com. Check the podcast on iTunes at BlockTechRadio.com. 
Fox Knack Radio. We're award winning. Men men wanna be women want us, men wanna be us. And we did not get on time one hundred because apparently there's rumors that that's actually my final thumbs up. Thumbs down to time one hundred. Because now I know there there is there was weird there was weird, you know, because it was it was very pro feminist. Yeah, there was, there was Pelosi, Oxfam Cortez, that random actress, blah blah blah. Um, but thumbs down goes to time because one of the most influential people was a marketing ploy from the whiskey Johnny Walker that I, I, I didn't realize this happened, but they so Johnny Johnny Walker Black Label has apparently been changed changed to Jane Walker Black Label. And the logo is now a woman in a top hat and a, in, 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 a, in a coat with tails instead of the – so John, Johnny's not on the black label anymore. It's now Jane. Now, thumbs down because when I think of marketing follies and flubs, if I drink whiskey, I drink it because it tastes good and it goes well with mixed drinks and it's smooth. And it's authentic. I to quote to quote someone I think from Forbes. I could give a shit what's on the bottle. Now having putting a woman a, a cartoon woman on the bottle is not gonna make me want to buy it. Corporate America sucks. Thumbs down to them. They're using the, the this, this sort of feminist wave for marketing employees, and this is slowly the downfall of everything that this, these poor women have fought for. So do not. So I'm boycotting. I'm boycotting drink Johnny Walker. It's very expensive and and pretty pretty much just the same as anyone else. But the fact that like Time Magazine recognized it, like that that's where we know where we stand in life. And with that, that is good for our show. So thanks everyone tuning in for that radio. My God, I've been plus. We'll be back next week with more recaps of birthday week because hell will ensue this weekend. <laughs> Even though it's Easter, we wish everyone a happy Easter. Um. But the week of the week, the week of drinks, the uh, the the uh, the week of a thousand drinks continues for my gardener. Hopefully, Flo, uh, you find some sanity with with your marathon week. And we wish everyone Godspeed. But until then, so I will. <laughs>